slips, jail time, snorting a cocaine line, racist tweets, family beefs, a royal leaves, Kanye, fake attack, racist rants, Botox and implants, shoplifting spree, punch a paparazzi, unexpected pregnancy, not your best moment. Welcome to Not Your Best Moment. I am Keith Skopinich, your host, along with my fellow co-hosts who can introduce themselves. Yo, it's Phoebe Matana. I'm Andrew Harris. Wow. <laughs> right? I love that for us. Is, is there supposed to be like a fun way? Oh, I'm Andrew Harris. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that, more power to you. I'm not set up for that over here. I think you just did it. <laughs> uh, today we're talking Taylor Swift versus her old record label, Big Machine, who was formerly owned by Scott Borchetta. Know about that guy, Scott Borchetta? Yes. I don't, but his last name is legitimately making me hungry. <laughs> Scott Buschetta. Bruch- <laughs> With a fine tomato paste on the- I also like, let's just Sorry. not. I, I don't I can't let it slide by. The name of the record company is Big Machine. Yes. Like, it's ugh, too much. It just oh god, it's so on the nose. All right. <laughs> it really is, right? Me versus the machine. <laughs> The artist versus the yeah the big corporations. Corporate records. <laughs> yeah, Incorporated. It's like E Corp from Mr. Robot. <laughs> oh, that was such a good, you know, first five shows of a show that I watched and never went back to. Nice. That show was so depressing. I couldn't finish it really that was, show. I watched like one episode. I'm like, nope, too depressed for this. Can't don't need more depression. <laughs> it does get to a point where when I see Rami Malik smile, I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> His smile doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a happy smile. It's like something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, like when he won his Oscar, he very much had like a it was his face red as happy, but his eyes red as like he's prey and he's being hunted. You know yes. what I mean? <laughs> he always looks like prey being hunted. I feel like his smile is like he's always like he he feels like he has a cavity and he's always trying to tongue it. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like Andrew's never stuff. had a cavity. I don't I have. I don't like teeth stuff. I just don't like it. <laughs> we all makes have me, our lines, right? Makes me uncomfortable. I don't like to I haven't been to a dentist in like a decade. I really I teeth, teeth it freaks me out. I don't like it. Oh, so you're gonna be smiling like Remy Malik very soon. <laughs> anyway, so if you don't know how record labels work, it's very important for this episode because when you're a new artist, you get and you get signed to a deal. They usually give you an advance and they take care of your touring and basically all your needs when you're starting out. But in exchange, they get your masters, which they hope increases in value as you get more popular. And that the master is essentially the original recording of your song. And that's important because that master can be licensed for movies and stuff like that. And it's a big way to make money off of an artist. Also, side note, too. Uh, it's also a good way to boost other artists you have at your record label. If you own the masters for one artist, it like someone like Taylor Swift, the second you have a new artist, it basically adds to their value and their cash. Most artists sign over their masters. You know, any big artist has, at least when they're beginning, the record label owns it. So I think like Beyonce is still 
their hard record label still owns her masters and stuff like that. So it's very common practice. Not that it isn't predatory, <laughs> but it is, you know, sort of the industry norm. Did you at mean cache, Phoebe? No. C A S C A. Oh, you mean like literally a C? They're they're C A S H. Yeah, like, like no, 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 like a cash, but like not a cachet, like a, like it's like a, a stored value. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, that had been bugging me, and I was like, we're not moving past it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come in like a wrecking ball. Love uh, that. <laughs> Let's say this with, but no, it's, I know. we're not I know doing that, Miley this I know episode. It's Miley. Miley, no one hates Miley. Miley's fine. <laughs> Andrew with the analysis. <laughs> Miley is fine. <laughs> Miley had one Hemsworth, okay? Taylor Swift had everyone. <laughs> the real trouble in this story begins when well, there's several starts, but the real the real stories is when Scooter Braun bought big machine records because Scooter and Taylor Swift have a history and not a friendly history. Um, Taylor has accused Scooter Braun of bullying her. And there was a lot of other stuff I'll talk about later about the bullying. But um, the, Taylor Swift described this as the worst case scenario for her because the last person she wanted to have own the ma- the Masters is Scooter Braun. And if you're wondering how this came to be, essentially Big Machine was looking to sell uh, for a while. Taylor Swift knew that. She wanted to get the copies of her masters. So she tried to come up, come up with a deal to get her masters from a big machine and Scott Borchetta and uh, Borchetta. And uh, <laughs> he so hungry. He, he, the only way she they would come to a deal or have a deal with her is if she would she would get all the all of her masters if she agreed to stay signed with the record label for another 10 years. Yeah, I was reading also about that. She basically would have had to. With each album, new album that she put out with them, basically she would have to earn back her albums. Like a like this is like some kind of weird ass credit card, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> or you have to buy them back, which is so bizarre. But it almost you know, sounds like Big Machine doesn't have Taylor Swift's best interests at heart. It's complicated though with with record labels and with the owning of masters. And we were talking, you were. Keith, you were saying it was predatory. You know it's predatory? The fact that Scooter Braun was her music manager and she was like 15. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh, yes. Listen, sometimes it works out great. Read Celine Dion and that old man that she married who was her manager. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah. Who, has, who, has, who has since passed away and I believe had a state funeral in Canada. That's how important René Jolil was. That That's his... Well, okay. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, so he signed her in 2005 when she was 15. And that's sort of her argument is that is predatory because she's a pure baby to sign a contract like that. That's, you know, insane to think a 15 year old could sign a contract. I don't like calling 15 year olds babies. That feels weird to me. I don't know if you're not legally an adult, you're a child, which some people (laughs) might cross over into baby territory. (laughs) Can I, can I tell you, uh, what really got me upset when I was a younger man, when I was 21, I went Tell to a me. bar and I went to hit on a woman who was 29. 
<laughs> and she's like, you're a baby. And I'm like, I'm not a baby. <laughs> and I stormed off. Um, in like a baby. <laughs> it, 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 was like, it was like a peer. It was like a girl. She ended up dropping out because she couldn't do college. But um, she like she's like, oh, you're a baby. And I was like, you can fuck right off, weird girl. Like, no. And she, ultimately, she did. She only, she only shared a college degree. So. Well, I hope she's doing all right. I don't think she is. <laughs> Actually, that's funny. I looked her up recently and she's like, not like the person who she thought she was at 19 is not who she is now. And <laughs> none of us are. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just, you know, it's not how life works. Uh, I am living exactly the dream I've always thought. <laughs> I was like, when, when I was five, I was like, I want to start a podcast called Not Your Best Moment About Celebrity stories <laughs> that's exactly what i've wanted oh i'm fully in the most depressing version of my sliding door story <laughs> did, you, did you guys see everything everywhere all at once no and i haven't seen it michelle yo's character her husband from a different dimension tells her point blank you are living the worst version of yourself <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wow that is crushing that would be the most crushing thing if someone told me that in all of my lives across all of the dimensions i am currently at my worst <laughs> i would find that and i don't think i could come back from that i wonder what dimension taylor swift is living in like is there a dimension where like of course she got them back and then you know she ended up ruling the world and now we have president taylor swift i would vote for her no <laughs> <laughs> Let's move, let's move on. What platform would she run on? <laughs> a stage. What? <laughs> Taking it very literally. Yeah. <laughs> no nap time for me before the show means I am sharp. <laughs> what platform would she run on? A treadmill? <laughs> wow. No, mine, All was, right. mine, mine was still better. Yeah, it was, but I'm tr- trying. <laughs> Damn it, Andrew. Oh, God. Sorry. Uh, this is not the best. <laughs> this, this is not, not our best, best podcast. <laughs> no, this is fine. This is we're already doing better than last time. Anyway, oh, Phoebe's, so is exasperated. <laughs> it happens a lot on the show. Let's not talk about it. Oh, <laughs> you guys. Phoebe does not sound like I'm that. I'm signing a music deal. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you, what version of me you've put in your in your head, but I think the answer is if you need to come up with this whole backstory for one side, we have some issues. We have bigger issues. First of all, the fact that I can come up with that deep of a backstory for one side means that you know people better fucking be listening to this podcast. Hey, did you improv? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> The teens will be back in September. Oh, oh, really? Sorry. Anyways, let's let's continue. <laughs> On in June 2019, Scooter Braun buys the big machine for 300 million, and along with that, Taylor Swift's masters. But before that, before it was bought, Taylor Swift actually left Big Machine for Universal Group. There was a, a more specific part of Universal, but I I can't find it anyway. Um. So she moved to Universal. She knowingly left behind her masters or photos and all that stuff to just get out of that situation. So it must have been a pretty not great situation for her. Look, anyone named Scooter Braun who has $300 million of disposable cash is clearly not a good person. That's just. <laughs> I think he also manages other 
big time. I think he doesn't he manage Justin Bieber too. Yes, he he found Justin Bieber on YouTube. That's his claim to fame. Well, that's his that's his thing. He finds children at 15 and convinces yeah, them they're going to be sad. Let's talk about that. How, what was he searching for? He's finding 15-year-old singers. And I know he also reps Demi Lovato. <laughs> I don't know how early he repped her, but she was a child child star on Disney, so probably mm-hmm. wasn't that old. No, Demi Lovato is timeless. <laughs> <laughs> Especially her Disney club years. <laughs> Just very timeless. So, after leaving behind all of her masters on Tumblr's uh, Taylor said that she made peace with Borchetta selling them. And uh, as I said before, it was a worst case scenario for her. Um, and there was a lot of, how do we put this, animosity between the two. Taylor Swift was very vocal about her dislike of Scooter Braun. She posted on Instagram a photo of her, Kanye, and Scooter. And she's like, this was like the lowest point in my my career. Um, they were fair, both fair, bu- fair. bullying me. And, uh, you know, it was, it started to cause trouble for Scooter Braun because her fans started to take a, a free Britney type movement started to come forward. Honestly, not though, as, I can crazy. totally, I can totally understand why she wouldn't want him owning her masters, given the fact that whoever owns your masters has a lot of power over your career. So having someone who's like, potentially very manipulative and maybe took advantage of you when you were like 15 is not the healthiest person Mm -hmm. to be holding your masters. Even though I totally understand the concept of record labels owning, owning the masters after they've put in, they put so many resources into artists. It kind of makes a lot of sense. And it's hard to say that it's wrong at the same time. It's really a hard pill to swallow because it's not like with movies where like a million people go into making a single film. It's not just like the director or the writer or the main you know actor. It's like hundreds of people are directly involved in making this product, yeah. um, both in the process, pre-production and after. But with music, it's like Taylor well, Swift wrote like these songs in her bedroom. Yeah. And like creatively speaking, like she is pretty much the sole creator unless maybe she worked with a producer and then she and said producer are. Well, and she, she almost certainly did work with a producer, but the thing, I mean, the fact that she wrote it is, is sort of like, for me, that's like, that is her creative output. That is her creative product. Like, yeah. yes, she's, she's singing it, but she created what she sang. Like anybody else. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, does, does a screenwriter own their script after, you know, Warner Brothers releases it? No, they don't. Are they entitled for money? Yes, they are. So, and I'm sure Taylor Swift would have been too. Is there anything in there, Keith, about um, whatever deal that Scooter McBillionaire um, had? You know what I mean? Like, what, would she still have profited from the deal? I mean, because at the end of the day, it's both true and it's crass, but it's a business, right? So, like, it's, yes. it's a money making enterprise. Everyone's in it to make their money, and you know, there are arguably especially, you know, for, you know, younger, newer artists, weaker protections in terms of getting paid. You know what I mean? Unless you can, unless you can really fight for, you know, language or something in a contract or or what have you. But is it so much that like she finds this gentleman to be so reprehensible that she just, it was like a moral stand or was it like he was, he screwing her business wise too? You know what I mean? Well, initially she knew that big machine was going to be sold. And the reason she didn't want to sign the deal with them to get her master's back was because she was, Un, she was afraid of who was going to take control of the company. So like it could, it may not have been Scott uh, scooter, excuse me, but she was just afraid of whoever was going to take it. She just no, wanted to take control. Gonna, if he's going to go by her. scooter, we're going to, we're going to call him scooter. He's lost his, his rights to an adult name. That's, that's how I feel on that. 
he was for the longest time trying to get people to call him Razor. He's like, you call me Razor. <laughs> and then it just went to Scooter. I should tell you everything about him. Dude, the fucking line between this guy and a manager at a Times Square restaurant is very, very thin. <laughs> call me Razor. Oh, I have a music label. Table 42 needs their shrimp. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. No, I miss... This whole topic also just gives me a headache, too, because generally, I mean, this is true for all musicians and musical artists. They don't really make money off of their music itself. Generally, like they they don't make much off of their, you know, even their album sales, streaming, none of it. Really, where most uh, artists make their money now is in touring. So like that is a large portion. And I don't know how much that has to do with online presence and how much the how much of a cut the label is taking from sales and all that probably a decent amount but most most artists are making a lot of their money almost exclusively through touring like in any major capacity and that that makes sense you know what i mean because while the creator of this of this work of this song you know the writer you know the the artist here they're the one doing the artwork, you know, and writing and and creating it, but the ones putting it out to the masses, well, yeah, that's the label. Whereas if you're performing live, you are bringing it to the people yourself. So, yeah, there is there is a difference there, and it's it's funny because in music that is a very different situation. Film and TV actors are making a shit ton more than than theater actors. Yeah, and I think one of the other things. I think the major my what I gathered from my you know reading and also just from my own understanding uh, was that the problem with having someone own her masters is not about as much about the money and making money off of what she's about off the actual music, which I'm sure is a part of it. But it seemed like a lot of it had to do with just the control over how she could use her music. Like there was the whole controversy over whether or not she could perform her songs at when she was the AMAs, you know, the AMAs, yeah, where she was uh, artist of the decade, and she wanted to do this medley of a bunch of her old songs, and you know, it's alleged, but basically, it seemed like they she wasn't really allowed to because it would be considered re-recording her music, so she was basically barred from performing certain numbers of certain songs and she didn't really have any control over that the idea was you have to wait until 2020 this is 2019 you have to wait until 2020 when you are legally allowed to re-record your albums to do this right and i i watched the performance and i'm not you know i'm not sure which songs were allowed and weren't allowed but to be perfectly honest they didn't sound exactly like they normally did so I was mm-hmm. wondering if they like tweaked it enough where it was like, this isn't the same thing. Like this is yeah. slightly different because the performance, like she played a lot of her old songs and they were not exactly how they were recorded. Like, yeah. so I don't know. And maybe. like they had different beats and stuff. So it was that's, seemed uh, that, like that's really tricky too, because like, you know, every time you hear an artist do a song differently from like the most popularized version of that song, you're like, no, 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 this is not what I wanted. I wanted original version of the song that's burned into my brain. Mm-hmm. I think she was a, I think she was allowed to do to use her songs, but only after she made a whole like stink of it, basically, where she like brought it and made it public that there was an issue here. And then, that- of course, nobody wants to seem like the bad guy. So they're like, oh, I never said that. Of course not. Of course, she can sing whatever she wants. And you're like, well, why would this be a thing at all if 
this this wouldn't have been an issue in the first place. Um, Wait, whose not best moment is this? Is this Scooter Braun's not your best moment? Or is this Taylor? <laughs> like, so far, no, no, I don't no. think Taylor Swift has had a bad moment that we've discussed so far. Does she make a misstep in this story? I think the only thing that, like, the only thing I would say, it's not even at fault, is I just, I don't think Taylor could have expected to get her master's or to be able to buy her master's. I don't necessarily know if that's, like, if that's like a reasonable thing to expect that you should be allowed to buy your masters. Cause it makes sense that she wasn't allowed to buy them from big machine, but because as we were talking about earlier, if she buys the masters now, big machine no longer has said masters of a, their biggest artist. And now the rest of the company is just not worth what it was before, which, you know, totally hits the resale value. It totally makes it like a lesser entity. So mm-hmm. that makes sense that they wouldn't want to just sell the masters um, if she didn't want to buy the entire label, which why would she want to buy a label? Like in this case, I understand. That being said, I don't know if the practice of of um, labels owning masters is totally sound as a whole, as a concept, if that makes sense. Even though in this case, it's kind of within their right not to sell them to her. And she couldn't have reasonably expected to buy them back and be permitted to buy them back. I could totally understand it. And as a human, I could be like, she should have been able to have her own fucking music, but it's complicated. It it almost feels like maybe there should be some sort of like a, it should time out. Like they own their masters for like, you can basically own masters for X number of years, at which point then they revert to the artist. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing is she has the public, the publishing rights, I believe. So, you know, this is why this is like her only defense against the master control is that she can re-record her songs and sell those the new, those new copies you know and she's sworn that she's going to do re-record what 108 songs of her catalog she's already done to, she already done a few albums she yeah, did red yeah. and fearless and what else did she do she, i don't know if she's done anything else yet so far i haven't been super on top of it but they've all done really well everything she's re-recorded yeah and i think that, and like she's like putting them on like spotify and stuff and saying like the taylor auditions or whatever yeah. um so that her fans could like support her and whatnot it just just going back to the original point i think was uh, she would be owed royalties by big machine if they made money off of it but her concern was that she was worried that they were going to like try to kill her career and like not do anything with it you know what i mean like not actively promote her stuff um yeah. and she she went on a big tumblr rant about this and she wrote ah uh, here it comes now now's here now here's her not best moment all right let's let's get into <laughs> this, it. a tumblr this is, rant this isn't it, it's actually really not that bad i mean she does like Ugh. you know she says multiple things but so basically she's trying to recruit other artists to put pressure on scooter braun so right. she's like scooter also manages several artists who i believe care about other artists and their work. Please ask them for help with this. I'm hoping that maybe they can talk some sense into the men who are exercising tyrannical control over someone who just wants to play the music she wrote. Wow. So she vague booked is what she did. That's that's a social media sim. Um, I'm now on Scooter's side. 100%. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. <laughs> The office? Out of turn tables. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Angie, you're not that old. <laughs> no, no, I just. Wow. Wow. She said, you old. <laughs> 
I'm sorry if you're gonna call me out for I think a very generic office reference. Is it? I don't, that's not a quote that I think of. I don't. I also don't sit and rewatch The Office. I mean, I've seen it obviously, but like I um, don't either. I've seen it once. Really? No, he, that's not a quote I remember from that show at all. Sorry. I think I think Andrew doesn't call you out in your office quotes. I think he calls you out when you 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 sigh loudly into the mic. <laughs> <sighs> Except I don't really. It just, <laughs> I did that once, and it, honestly, it was very satisfying. <laughs> it was extremely satisfying and necessary. It's never not satisfying. I don't. I I, I grant you that one thousand percent. Like a scoff is a necessary gesture. It's it's and it's involuntary too. A scoff is a laugh. You know what I mean? A scoff is is a is a cry. Like a scoff is a legitimate emotion that I will never shit on, but I do think it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I love when people scoff. How, how does how does one scoff? I I I I I'm, I don't think I do it often. I think of it as an air choke. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's like where you kind of laugh but you suck air in while you laugh. Yeah, you have to inhale so much to stop your mean words from coming out because you're so mad about what happened and then the moment passes. <gasps> I don't think it's anger. I think it's more disdain. <laughs> it's the same family. It's the same Contempt. family. Yes. Just disgust. Utter disgust. <laughs> you disgust me. This isn't a podcast. It's so- a scoff cast. <laughs> but wow. You can scoff at that one. That was bad. So additionally, in this story, you're going to scoff at this. Scoff. Oh my god! She froze. You can't force it. You can't force it. That was a surprise. (laughs) Just goes to show you cannot force a scoff. You can't try to make it happen. Hard to disagree, but let's keep going on. <laughs> involved in the story, Kanye West is also involved in the story because for a while he he was being represented by uh, Scooter, Razor, Vespa, whatever you want to call him. Um, but <laughs> he, <laughs> so Kanye is also involved because he uh, was said to be part of the bullying. Obviously, there was that the VMA thing where he went on stage and like said Beyonce had the best music video. But Kanye um, goes and creates his famous video, music video and song where he references Taylor Swift and he says, you know, I made that bitch famous um, <laughs> in his song a couple of times. And then to make matters worse, he creates a music video where he's in bed with his with Kim and other celebrities and Taylor Swift is also in the bed. It's a wax figure of her naked like lying in a bed what is this guy's deal with trolling celebrities in his music videos which and honestly also with, like, like weird objects like anthropomorphic like wax figures like what like dude if you want to show a represent just do it just dress <laughs> someone up like taylor swift <laughs> there's some actor who's looking at you know <laughs> who's like their oh. lookalike who's like i'll do it also, what a way to process clear embarrassment. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get mad at me for for interrupting her speech. I know what I'll do. Uh, I'll show them with a music video. I need to wax Taylor Swift. Like, what? Come on, I don't like any of it. 
So there's there's controversy about it because also that was uh, a terrible Kanye impression. I do apologize to the world for that. <laughs> I didn't, it was so bad I didn't realize you were doing an impression. It was so <laughs> bad. Was. It was so bad. <laughs> Kanye was going to make a music video about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad it's it going to be. Andrew as a Peanuts character <laughs> trying to kick a football. <laughs> that's a fair assessment. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but Taylor Swift goes on to call this music video revenge porn, which I think is taking it. I don't know. It's a weird that's thing that revenge it. porn is. No, I think it's not chill, but that's also not revenge porn. No, revenge porn is specifically releasing sex tapes of your ex after you've broken up. That's literally what it is. Just so right. everyone, just if you're, I don't, I've never, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm convinced that you know nothing about this topic. <laughs> I, feel like Andrew, I feel like Andrew was just about to say like that he never did it. And then he realized that he may have done it. Absolutely no, 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 I, no, I wouldn't even know how, I wouldn't even, I'm too old, I don't know how to upload things, or, he's like, how do I put this VHS into this computer, I hope that Andrew has a sex tape on VHS, everyone just thinks it's like some artsy Instagram filter, but no, it's legitimately like VHS, is it's like grainy, Andrew, Andrew's like, do, do I have a six pack? No, that's just the the pixels really large on your stomach. <sighs> I'm so sorry, Andrew. Pixels. If you think that they're a six pack, <laughs> oh, sorry, Andrew. Sorry, that's uh, okay. I'll just remember. I'm old. <laughs> Oh, so this is an interesting tie-in then. So essentially, uh, Razorbron um, had a artistic conservatorship over T Swifty. Yes, and he she she accused Scooter and Kanye of trying to dim- dismantle her career with the music video, and obviously Scooter through controlling her art. Yes, had it occurred to Taylor to associate herself with less crazy and more reputable people. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't no, think no so. That's, that's not a question that's been asked before. Okay. <laughs> no, it's also pretty messed up to like the idea of having a feud with someone who you're, who's also repping, like who's also repped by your rep. That is very messed up. Like the idea that he's he's Kanye's oh, manager yeah. and he's her manager, and him and Kanye releasing that music video is clearly like I'm going to take a side here. <laughs> well, know? also, but let's 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 say this too. Also, again. You know, we talk about fame a lot on the show. What a way to boost profiles and sell things, you know, is with with the story. Right. And that's sort of what a lot of people are saying about Taylor Swift's end of this is that she is using this fight to promote the new releases. Like she's she using this. She's using it. The reason she's making it public is because obviously she wa- she's wants the promo and she's gotten done this before. Where she got in a fight with Joe Jonas after the breakup, she released an album and she used that as sort of like a way to promote her album. So I mean, like, listen, this is this Didn't is what celebrities do. Of albums were like, this is the Joe Jonas song. This is the, yeah, the John the John Mayer album. Yeah, right? the there Kennedy, was a, that Kennedy kid that she dated. Right. From I the can't remember Ke- all the people Kennedy she dated. Fried Chicken Millionaire Group. Um, who who's the Kennedy kid? No, RFK's grandson. Uh, she, did, was, she did Connor Kennedy. Yeah, so whatever. I was making yeah. a joke, Andrew. A bad I joke. I know. I know. 
I just don't. I don't like it when people joke about the Kennedys. I love the Kennedys. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm looking at this um, list of people that she's dated, and boy, she's dated a lot of people. Listen, there's nothing what? wrong with dating a lot of people. If I was no, a celebrity, like, I would date every like, woman. Yeah, that's that's that's. Thank you. Ding ding ding. What? Ding. That's what it is. They're all high profile. They're all, her love life all, and and her and her feuds are somehow all high profile. Wow, my tune is going up and down and all over the place on Taylor Swift on this. Maybe this isn't her best moment. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going through all of these and I'm like I some of these people I don't really know, but some of them I'm like, wait, when did this happen? Like, okay, so she dated John Mayer. She dated Jake Gyllenhaal. She dated what? Harry Styles. She dated Calvin Harris. She dated Tom Hiddleston. What? What I, I didn't know no, that, that one. I think that one. I think I knew. <laughs> she dated um, Loki. Let's see. She dated Corey Monteith, and they dated for less than a month. But she still wrote a song about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so 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 sorry. <laughs> Corey Monteith was on the hills. <laughs> he was on Glee. Oh, that right? guy. He's dead now, right? Yeah. Oh my god, that's a horrible way to. <laughs> Just did like he, introduce him. He's did dead. He now. Die? That's how I remember him, the one that died. Did did he die while they were dating, or was it? I don't know anything about that person. No, I don't to be honest. think so. I think that's they just. Like, that's not like why the relationship ended because like he stopped living. No, I think he was dating um, Leah Michelle when he died. I'm pretty sure. Ooh. Yeah. Is that a rough, rough way to go? <laughs> Wait, dating Leah Michelle. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, God. So <laughs> let's get back on track. This this all this all really came to a head, as Phoebe mentioned, with the AMAs, where she wasn't sure if she could perform her music. And to be perfectly honest, uh, Scooter, Razor, Vespa, SUV, he wanted – he came out and said, listen, he's like, you could play whatever you want at the show as long as you don't publicize our fighting anymore. Yeah, which is like mad manipulative. Oh, yeah, for that's sure. A, that's a legit like like manipulative like boyfriendy move. You know what I mean? From an insecure person. Scooter, I'm back on Taylor's side. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we call coercive control, man. You know? <laughs> Oof. After that, she does go on to perform a, some of her songs, as we mentioned already. And really, that, now where we're at is she's re-recording her songs. And she's in the process. She's already done a couple of albums, and that's where where we are currently in the, this moment in time. Which albums has it? Is it's Red and Fearless? Has she submit, has she re-recorded any others? I, I I you know it's it's not as easy as you would think to find. <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. Scooter, what the fuck did you do? What the fuck did Scooter? I blame Scooter. <laughs> I think it's just red and fearless so far, but I imagine that there are others on the way. Uh, I'm looking. One would hope. Right I mean, it's like finish what you started. No, and I think she is, but like it's very intensive to go and re-record your old albums when you're also making new work at the same time. But yeah. also, what a what an interesting like creative exercise too, because like she wrote those songs and to come back to them, you know, a little bit older and in a just a, in a different place, which I'm sure she's in. You know what I mean? Like to be able to come at that work from a different perspective, like it's not going to be the same. You know what I mean? I'm sure she could probably come pretty close, but it's just not going to be the same. And that's I'm that's it's very interesting to see how she might be affected by 
do singing the same songs just from a very different place in her life. I like that I, idea. And I've listened to some of it and it's actually really cool because it's it's better. Her Like now that she's re-recorded some of it, it's like her voice is much more her own. Like it's more confident, more mature. It's like more settled. Shake it off, sense? shake it off, shake, shake, shake. I don't. That's the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That's like really her, depressing. Like rendition. More mature. Shake it off. <laughs> Not to be confused with Florence and the Machines. Shake it up. It's a different song. Also good. Be careful when you shake it off, or you sprain your ankle. <laughs> As because I'm older now. <laughs> <laughs> and more prone to injury. <laughs> wow, we so. are we are just moving through this podcast tonight. Like Taylor Swift moved through boyfriends. This is this is going well. <sighs> and I think I think that's the last thing I had to add to this whole saga was that Justin Bieber defended Scooter, and he basically was like he posted Taylor Swift's photo. Um, on Instagram where she was like, oh, I'm being bullied. And he was like, Taylor Swift, what up? <laughs> and then he later apologized for it because he thought it was insensitive, but he still defended Scooter. And then also I thought it was interesting who defended who. Kelly Clarkson and and Halsey def- were on Taylor Swift's side defending her, and Demi Lovato and Bieber were on Scooter's side. I'm not they were still working with him too. Like they were yes. both of his clients, so they obviously were quite biased. This is such an odd little fight to have. Like uh, the, I, the business part of it and the creative part of it, I can totally wrap my mind around. The like drama part of it and the taking sides part of it, that either these people are just adult children or like publicists got involved and were like, we can make some hay out of this. You know what I mean? I feel like this type of fight isn't the fight where you're, excuse me, like that you're like, this is a great publicity opportunity. You know, like, like if it's between her and Kanye, I feel like, yeah, you leech onto one of them, you latch on and be like, yeah, but if it weren't for that part of it, we wouldn't be talking about it. You know what I mean? Well, I think the reason you were saying, like, I think the only reason that she probably went public with it was because otherwise, if she didn't, why would she be re recording her albums? There would be nobody would really understand why she was actually bothering to do it if that makes sense without actually bringing it forward like it's there's kind of an it necessitates it if this is what she wants to do with her music with her career other people are gonna look at it like why is she doing this these albums are like ancient yeah no that that is true it's like oh you're just gonna rehash your old stuff and not come out with something new like yes there does need to be an explanation as to why but i don't know like well how do you feel about this is a genuine question about the inserting that kind of like, well, that sort of he said, she said drama element into that. Do you think that helps? Do you think it sort of cheapens it a little bit? You know, do you think that um, it's all for show? I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about that. I mean, I don't think it's all for show. I mean, I think, you know, like all of these, we've, you know, this keeps coming up, but there are certain things uh, if you are in the public eye that you can't really avoid. So to a certain degree, you might as well make it work for you. And that's oh, probably I like that, I like that idea that, a lot. And I think that's kind of what's happening here is, you know, the situation wasn't ideal and, you know, shit did hit the fan. So she might as well make it work for her because she can't undo what happened and she can't take herself out of the public eye and she can't 
do all these things that she might normally want to do. So might as well, you know, use it to her, her advantage as best as she can. That's how that I would is, see it. At least. That is plucky and proactive. And I will hire you to be my agent. Thank you. Me? Yes, you. Oh. What about no, me? No, thanks. <laughs> I have just been fired by my agent, uh, currently seeking representation. And I'll be your agent. <laughs> Phoebe Montana uh, owns my, my back catalog, my name. unfortunately. So we're going to have to... Not my name. Matata. Matata, I know your name. It's Matata. See, Andrew thinks it's so easy to say I did it on purpose. You, you, you know I did it on purpose. I know, I'm the one who knows how to say it. it. Say her last name. Say Matata. It. Matata. Matata. Is that correct, yes. Phoebe? Yeah, that's correct. Damn it. <laughs> what is Phoebe Matata? <laughs> <laughs> what is Phoebe Matata? <laughs> On our next episode. Welcome to Phoebe Matana Enterprises. <laughs> Here at Phoebe Matana Enterprises, Inc. <laughs> AKA Big Big Machine Agency. I was, like, I was like, maybe I should buy Taylor Swift's Masters. <laughs> <gasps> that would be sick. How much do you think those cost? Could we all chip in? What? 300 million. That's how yeah. much it costs. Oh, that's right. That's what Scooty, uh, Scooty Razorbron did. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, so if you can oh. scrounge together... <laughs> 299 million nine hundred nine hundred ninety thousand dollars <laughs> i could probably find 10 grand <laughs> find find um <laughs> nope don't want to know what happens when we turn the cameras off go live your life <laughs> go don't worry about it <laughs> hey, don't have too many questions you know what i mean anyways Phoebe's gotta go matana if you know what i'm saying <laughs> Wow, okay. I meant like I could go to the bank. <laughs> but like and do a stick up, is that yeah, what you're saying? And, and just find the money. I mean, yeah. yes, that's a logical place where you might find money. <laughs> yeah, I would go to a bank and get money. Can you imagine? Excuse me, money here. <laughs> I'll take eleven hundred dollars worth. Uh, okay. Oh, Guys, it has been a fantastic episode of Not Your Best Moment. Any closing thoughts for this episode? Anything you want to want the audience to s- sleep on before we close out? I, I would just say that for us, it wasn't our worst moment. So you know what? That's a win. And to, I would also say, you know what, Taylor Swift, you're the first. No. Eh, yeah, I think I think yes. I think she's actually the first subject of one of our episodes where I'm like, Nope. I think you're I think you're doing fine. I think you're doing just great. Good for you. That's my take. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm kinda with you. I don't really I don't really blame her. I also think she's a badass. I think she's really, really cool and really awesome and successful and talented. So I'm very biased, but I'm also like, you're also a woman in an industry where people are trying to like control like your image very clearly. Which is like, you know, always been true. I mean, how like important the, you know, controlling of an image for someone who's like started at 15. You know what I mean? Where how much control did she really have? You don't care about men. Her entire life. Not not part of the narrative for for younger male celebrities. No, whether or not it's true. I don't know. But it's simply just not discussed or part of the narrative at all with women. It always is. And it's usually like true with the only exception with men being uh, queer men. That being the asterisk 
um, people like non-heterosexual, like straight cis men. Like those are the people that aren't affected, but generally like interesting other categories are. That's my asterisk. No, like that you hear all the time where like, you know, young male artists who oh, are yeah, queer yeah, yeah, yeah. are like yeah. forced to stay in the closet. Yeah. So like, again, there are other ways. Is that ways, still fucking happening? Really? It mostly affects women they're still like in this industry they're still like making making guys and queer people stay in the closet well think about think about this lil nas x was very afraid to come out when he did old town road because it was so mainstream popular yeah but he came out he came out anyway and really owned it it's still a problem in a lot of genres i mean like we were talking like rap is a huge one too um but you know it's still a huge thing where you know Music is supposed to appeal to as many people as possible, especially when you have like these major pop artists. So um, these like labels tend to be still very conservative um, and afraid to, you know, lose entire audiences because of homophobia. So, yeah, it still happens probably more in music than with other celebrity areas because it's not really, you know, you don't think about like queer actors who play straight people. Most people don't know that they're queer. You know what I mean? Like nobody knows for the most part until they're famous enough. They're like, Oh wait, really? So it's not really a factor, but when you're a musician and you're like the artist, you're the product. Very true. And, and musicians, I think more than actors are so much seen as just like ciphers, cultural ciphers. So Phoebe, really gave our audience something to think about. Keith, any closing <laughs> and thoughts I from just you? Wanna, <laughs> uh, I, I really just want to harken back to what Phoebe <laughs> said. because <laughs> She said, I think Taylor Swift is successful. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, think? <laughs> that's well, all, that's all for me. Right after, you, right after you go to the bank to find <laughs> money, um, I would recommend going to Taylor Swift to ask, are you, ma'am, are you successful? Just be real <laughs> earnest about it. <laughs> More like that she's she's really great. I think she's awesome. I think I would love to go let's, to coffee. Let's with make her, it happen. You know? Guys, this oh, has Starbucks, been Starbucks. Do you have coffee here? I want to rustle up some beans. No. Yes, we have coffee. They That'll be coffee 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find ten Guys, grand. It's been worth of another beans. episode of Not Your Best Moment. <laughs> Thank you so much. I am Keith Skopinich, along with my other co-hosts, who I do not want to say their names. But why? Oh, because you can't. Uh, my name is Andrew Harris. It's been a hoot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Phoebe Matana. Matt, you learn how to pronounce my last name eventually. <laughs> Nip slips, jail time, snorting a cocaine line, racist tweets, family beefs, a royal leaves, Kanye, fake attack, racist rants, Botox and implants, shoplifting, spray punch, a paparazzi, unexpected.